Hello. Every time I, it's like you, your birds are like on on fire. I love it. Oh yeah, I'm standing outside in the garden They're this morning. So happy. I was wondering how the sound quality was. You know, we didn't even do an introduction on the last one. Oh, <laughs> we just jumped right into it. It's okay because I don't get to talk to adults very often. This is what happens. Yeah, I, I'll just have to cheat it. You know. Um, do you want to record us one this morning, though? Sure. All right. Floor is yours. Hi, everyone. This is the Harvest Concept Podcast, where we talk about martial arts and its connection to mind, body, and spirit wellness. I'm Sarah Schweitzer. And I'm Justin Martin. Good morning. Good morning, ma'am. You know, I was uh, just thinking as I made you do that again, that why do I not, why do I not just have the sound that just I put as the intro every time. <laughs> because then you can't hear me stumble over <laughs> some of the words. It is true. Up. It's kind of like this NPR thing. You know, every I was listening to... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was uh, listening back through uh, the end of our Musashi discussion this morning to um, just kind of understand where we were in the conversation and pick it back up. Um from last time, but last time I was when I had strep throat and my voice sounded terrible. And so I feel like <laughs> the I hate listening to the sound of my voice anyways. And so now I had to listen to myself when I was sick and I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> See, and I think you sound fine and I'm the same thing. I'm like, Justin sounds right. great. You sound terrible. <laughs> and why do you laugh so much? This is what I ask myself. Right. These questions. I, I have my random it. cough ticks that I throw in there. It's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, so we're in the water book. And yes. I know you have, you said you had lots of questions about this section of the book. So um, maybe I'll, I'll let you kind of kick us off and guide the conversation a little bit. Sure. So I think a lot of my questions are, are very, um, like, for instance, he says, when attacks, dash his sword to the right and ride it. And he has ride in quotes. What does that mean, ride it? Uh, man, I'm, In I'm my so mind, I was like thinking of like, you know, like, you know, when you're a child and you have one of those fake horses and it's just a stick. This is what I was like, is he riding his sword? What is he riding? Yeah, so this is, um, he's like sliding his sword on the other person's sword. Like riding the sword. Riding his sword. Right. This is like, this is why I will say I can't imagine someone reading this book. There's parts of this book that I feel like if you just wanted a, you know, motivational sort of strategic, you know, reminder around practicing and doing the work and getting it to like, like muscle memory and, and those types of things, this book is like the overarching sort of statements around, you know, not having self doubt and really, and really, um, you know, one of the things that somebody told me, um, I was talking to my sister the other day and she does not like, (laughs) she and I, we're only four years apart, but we should be just like 10 years apart because like generationally, like what, how we sort of perceive things are very, very different. And she was calling out all the women that she's a veterinarian and all veterinarian females that she knows that um, say they have imposter syndrome. And she's talking about how she didn't believe imposter syndrome when she thinks it's nonsense. And you just kind of have to like, like in her mind, she thinks like everybody has these doubts. It's not a thing. Just like you have to figure out, you know, how to overcome it. And I said, 
I know, but as someone who has imposter syndrome, I can tell you that that's not the thing. The thing is, is that you go in and even though you've got, you know, 20 years of experience, you're still feeling like I, maybe I should not be here, you know, and you're whatever you're kind of, I said, and, and sometimes people, you know, need a word uh, to, you know, sort of, you, it helps to name it. So that way other people can say, yeah, I feel that way too. So you know that you're not alone anyway. So I feel like this book structurally talks Mm -hmm. about what I love about this book and what I love about martial arts is that I think what we're all trying to do is kind of manage that anxiety, right? How do you manage this? Like these natural things that all of us feel, some of us feel more than others, I believe. And what he talks about is that you do that through the way, which is to practice, to be consistent, to do it every day, you know. And so when it comes time to, um, you know, to be, in this case, attacked, you know, mm. you, you know, like, you know, um, you know, your body knows, your mind knows, your heart knows, like, you could just go on almost autopilot because you're just doing it versus you know I think in the beginning of the book he talks about you know he thinks that he's just been lucky like he's just very very he's very very naturally talented mm-hmm. and so that he's been fortunate but now at this sort of older age he understands that before he was lucky and now he knows and and, and he's old you know wise enough to know the difference Right. You know, uh, I want to come back to, and I want to remind you about this, but we got to come back to the sword riding the sword. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, I want to touch on what you're saying real quick. I think that what one thing with COVID over the last few years was the advent of true internet learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a new uh, the other day and he said, yeah, I'm, uh, I go to the University of Florida, but I live here in Franklin. And I was like, that's, wow. so, cra- that's so crazy, right? Um, <clears throat> but even, even, you know, like, I think that that's very common now. Uh, what I was going to bring up was that a couple of years ago when um, Tony Robbins and that whole crew, uh, Dean Grazio, uh, that, these people uh, kind of being master I don't know if you paid attention to that at all, but mm-hmm. they um, they founded this website called Masterclass, and you know, to some degree, I think that uh, most all businesses are some form of pyramid scheme. Um, you know, just you're looking at the, the person at the top wants to continue to rise to the top. That's good business. Um, the but they and expanding out that umbrella, this masterclass that was just a place for people to put classes about things they knew. And so um, what they were able to do is really um, create something, a platform that was very, very functional and allowed for these other teachers to get on it and start promoting, but it made people believe that anybody could do it. And I think that as I investigated it and kind of played with it, um, I was trying to understand how this could work to my advantage. And it wasn't really what I need. The platform wasn't what I needed at the time. And so 
I, I backed back off of it, but I have another friend um, who had great success with it. Um, he put this uh, training program on there that book that he had written and he's already been on the bestseller list. He's done a bunch of promotion with the book. And so it really worked out well for him. Um, but I think that to the imposter syndrome aspect, we all have to understand our training and doing something that we do have an upper edge on somebody else, right? Um, once you are a yellow belt, one step forward from a white belt. And if you are truly a yellow belt, meaning that you don't have falsity to even what you're doing, you can, you are retaining that knowledge that you gained as a white belt and practicing it, then you have something to share with that, with that white belt, right? Yes. Um, and so we have to believe that the things that we have, the things that we've attained are worth something to someone else, you know, for sure. <clears throat> um, but I think also uh, the other thing I wanted to add to you was you started listing off, you know, the things that uh, help us to be who we are. And I think that I would go to say that belief in oneself is something hard to attain and takes day um, practice of believing in yourself and positive talk. But it's something very important fundamentally that we believe in ourselves, but also believe in our choices. Because if you believe in your choices and you live them truly, then you can freely talk about those choices versus hiding behind and not having good reason. Yeah. That self-doubt is a killer. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is uh, to kind of loop it back around to martial arts. The, the jujitsu world grew rapidly over the last decade and has become a very, very popular uh, martial art. And one thing is they've created a belief in that system and they've created belief in how to grow it. And so that gives them uh, buoyancy to float in a busy competitive world. And so I think that again, belief is just something very, very important uh, in, in everything we do. All right. Now back riding to writing the sword. Hey, tell me what page it is on marked in 23. your book. 23. It's perfect. the five approaches. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So he's talking about, and you know, I'm so glad that you brought this up because uh, one of the things that I didn't like about one of the other podcasts that I listened to on this, I kind of skipped over this section and put it back to um back to hey this is just martial apply to life and so uh, what this is saying is the first approach to the middle attitude confront the enemy with the point of your sword against his face when he attacks dash his sword to the right and hide it or when the enemy attacks deflect the point of his sword by hitting it downwards keep your long sword where it is the enemy renews his attack Cut his arms from below. This is the first method. And so, you know, he is very much so talking about fighting someone else with a sword. But when we think about people that are around us, not necessarily as enemies, but the problems that we have, that we're faced with, um, this, is, this is confrontation. 
but it's he's using the attack of the other to deflect and move back in. And so um, how we do this in life, how we are pushed back on and do we face it square or do we use the strategy of moving that attack to the side and then changing the, the game, changing the fight into our direction? You know, I think this is, again, something he talks about pondering. We talked about pondering in the last episode, but, you know, this is something to ponder. Like, how do I deflect? How do I move around? And how do I change my attack back or my pushback to work in my favor, right? Yeah, it's, there's a part um, on uh, cut and slash on page 28. Mm -hmm. And I actually have, (laughs) I said, this is, this is me doing the sword game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I just like, I have no strategy. And I'm just like slashing like a wild feral enemy just to make sure that people don't get near me. And I'm just using my, um, you know, length of my arm to keep people away. Um, And it just, it just, it says, I said that it reminds me um, that he talks about, this is also where he talks about that where it reminded me of where he talked about where you must not die with a weapon not drawn. So I guess at least if you're like slashing at people with something, you're, you're still fighting to the end that that in his mind, he's thinking that he's not thinking that, you know, I'm sitting there slashing with no strategy, but I, you know, when he talks about, um, because the reason why I'm slashing with no strategy is that I have, there's fear, right? Right. The, there's fear, that I am allowing to overcome and be front and, um, and, and, and sort of like taking over my whole, whole, whole person. And my, it's like, my brain is almost shut off and I'm just like, yeah, wild animaling it and, and trying to keep people away from me versus um, participating in the, um, in the activity. And there are times in our life where, you know, like it's, we have that mechanism for a reason, right? We have that fear mechanism for a reason. And there are times in your life where you don't need to be thinking, you just like need to go and and do the thing. But there's, there's a lot of times where we let fear, um, you know, lead us. And although it may look okay from the outside, you know, we're really not in control or participating or being thoughtful or yeah, controlling the situation and managing the situation the way that we should. And by practicing these things, what, what should happen is that instead of fear taking over in the moment of anxiety, your strategy, your knowledge, your muscle memory, you know, should be in, in control. Right. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and tie another example to it. And I don't want to go too far outside of my, my scope of knowledge. But as a, a teacher of kids, we have a kids class. And one thing that I like to tell instructors is you have to stay on top of this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you're, when you're on display for parents or your clients, and then all those kids, and you're trying to move through that class and navigate it, you might have a plan going into that class. This is the strategy that you're opening with, right? Whether you have the attitude 
five, the middle attitude of bringing that sword into the class, right? How you're going to teach that class is your plan. And then all of a sudden those kids, they throw a different attack at you and you have to respond to it, right? And so, you know, uh, being able to understand how that situation is and not go to a place of fear. Because one thing that um, I would equate to uh, this fear element is that a teacher just going to a repetitive class, that's easy, right? Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to go, okay, we're going to play infection and then we're going to do falls and we're going to practice techniques and forms. That's it. You know, um, versus having facing the class and trying to bring stuff to it and knowing that control the class. And if you have to, something's not going right. You have to deflect and move another way. That's okay. Um, you know, in, in life, the same thing too, like your, your plan is going to go forward and work or any challenge that we have, uh, you need to have that understanding of how to change, um, change direction and, and change that attitude and meet the other, the, the attitude of the situation at hand. Well, and what you just said around, like, you could be do like a rote class, you know, I think about my own instruction. And right now, that is where I am, because I am not like a master at teaching classes. And so, you know, I really stick with a very consistent plan, because that does let me because I feel very comfortable with that plan. So that if something comes up, I, I can modify and adjust and, 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 and that type of thing. I feel very comfortable with, you know, with what, you know, I'm, I'm teaching. And I think that that, you know, that's very much what he talks about in this book, the difference between someone who knows the way, who is a, who's this master of, of strategy versus, you know, his like, you know, foreman kind of analogy, you know, and I'm definitely in that, like, I'm a bricklayer, right? Now. I'm still a bricklayer, which is <laughs> fine. I'm practicing, you know, to, to have that craft, but it's not, you know, I'm not, um, the, you know, there's some things about teaching that I'm, you know, that maybe I have mastery in, but the teaching of the subject, I am, you know, still in that, those early stages. Oh man. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Sarah, if I, if I, in any way, um, lessened, uh, teaching a basics class. Oh, no, no, um, no, no. <laughs> I, you did not see, I, you know, no, I, I did not infer that at all. I was thinking, oh no, it's like such a great example of even in teaching the class, like what we're talking about, that's, this is that, right. You know, right. that you start, but you can't let fear, you won't ever become a master instructor if you let fear of, you know, teaching class get in your way. And there are a lot of people who are, you know, who, you know, I, I, I think are like afraid of, of doing it and you have to be, you know, um, you can't have that self doubt. You have to be willing to put yourself out there and you have to really, you know, be in that space that you are, you know, that you have your you know, strong craft in. So no, no, yeah. I did not take that at all. <laughs> One more thing, and I said this earlier about the belief in yourself. You know, when what I see right now, I think it, there's a lot of belief in jujitsu. There's there's a uh, this societal cultural thing around jujitsu right now, which is it's very interesting to me. It's been uh, a fun thing to watch as a businessman, meaning that uh, 
you know, that's a, a big challenge to what my business is, is now this jujitsu system being so good, right? Um, in, 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 I call it middle-aged white man syndrome, um, that like, as a, as a middle-aged white man businessman, I feel like you look at your competitors and you're like, and try to find something wrong with them, right? Um, and I don't intend on doing that with jujitsu because I think that they've done a good job of what they've, what they've created, right? Um, I think there's goods and bads in that, but, um, I still hate Hamido more. Um, that's what I like to do. But the idea is that the idea is that the um, we can learn from what they've done and figure out how to not replicate it, but go. Oh, I see. I see what you guys. How can I do the Hamido version of that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in, in myself, not. Oh man, I'm a Hamido practitioner. I'm never going to be as good as a jiu-jitsu fighter. You know, no, that's not the case. Like, do I want to fight a jiu-jitsu fighter? No, I don't want to fight anybody. <laughs> but if I had to fight them, if I had to fight them, I want to know, believe that I can do it in my way. And, you know, ideally, the jiu-jitsu fighter wants to fight in his way. And so, you know, this is the clash of the systems. But it's not clash of whose belief, whose, whose way is stronger, right? Um, and so I fundamentally believe that Hamudo, my entire life, is the, the way for me, right? And it might be something else for somebody else, but uh, I believe in Hamudo, and I believe that it's a good way for lots of people, you know? <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, I think that um, for me, um, you know, one of the things that I really love about this practice is, is as a woman is that I feel like it is very aligned with, you know, self-defense and strength and control. Um, I also feel that, you know, we were talking, um, you know, we're, when we do falls, you know, I think that, um, you know, everyone should do uh, falls and in, in the you know when I talk to someone who's coming in to um, you know to harvest you know one of the things that I say consistently is that you know it is um, not just punching and kicking you know you're talking about um, you know grabs and cloth grabs and wrist grabs and you know takedowns and 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 all of the all of the things um, that it's you know kind of like one you know if there's something that is not necessarily your strength or your favorite thing you know it's not it's not for forever we'll get to something that's like maybe more your thing but right. also it really um i feel like it really forces you to do that that complete um you know you know it forces you to be like 360 like that that complete sort of like way of like how would somebody attack you or how would someone grab you and 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 what responses you know could you have in that situation and i feel like that that um that hamudo definitely you know um you know prepares you uh for that and and one of the things that he talks about in the book um in the word he uses a lot in this section
um like hey, wait, the up. difference between hey, Sarah kind of like oh sorry I lost you for a second there hey. so you said words that he uses lots in okay. this section okay one of the words that he uses a lot in this section and I have it like circled several times at first I had a question mark around it and then he talks about it again and again so I understand what he's saying is sticky he talks about stickiness sticky mm-hmm. feeling it's several places and he's really talking about um, you know, this is, you know, you know, he, uh, one of the things is that he has to apply stickiness when the enemy attacks and you also attack with the long sword. You should go mm-hmm. in with a sticky feeling and fix your long sword against the enemies as you receive his cut. This spirit of stickiness is not hitting very strongly, but hitting so that long swords do not separate easily. And it's mm-hmm. like this idea of, and I was, and I just wrote down stickiness as a choice, a decision, you know, is this like happens, um, you know, like this happens without, like without thought, like slashing versus cutting. Like this is a decision mm-hmm. that's being made to like come in close and be close. And um, I, I think that that's, you know, when we talk about self-defense, you know, one of the things that, um, Melissa always says at the beginning of class is that, you know, I know this seems counterintuitive, but in order to get away, you have to get closer, you know, in order to do these things, you have to get closer and you have to be confident in, in, in making that kind of um, move. But it is uh, like, it's imperative. If you can't do that, then there's just like, you're almost like you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, right? It's like the, you know, I don't know if you ever played those little games when you're a child with the like little tube where you stick your fingers in. Oh yeah, the Chinese pull. finger trap. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> and like your instinct is to like pull, right? But it just gets tighter and tighter. Like you have to hmm. relax. Like you have to relax and you have to understand. And I feel like this whole concept of stickiness and sticky feeling, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, is, you know, is an important one. And he does bring rideable uh, several times. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, I think that uh, the stickiness, I'm glad you brought this one up too, because stickiness and striking, not just with a sword, but um, another weapon, you're using your hands, your feet, learning to strike and not bounce as soon as you feel resistance is very, very important. Um, you know, I was I was thinking also earlier because I have had conversations about sparring recently with people and you know when you're sparring punching and kicking at each other there's um there's uh multiple ways to look at it and in the past you saw a lot more of sparring aggressively like hey, we're going to punch each other as hard as we can. We're going to fight in these karate matches. You know, there's going to be knockouts. There's going to be people having to go to the hospital. There's going to be stitches. There's going to be all the things. We have learned as a society that we do not need a fist fight anymore to be really good at fist fighting. Um, if you fist fight all the time, you're going to be a great fist fighter or you're going to be a t- But you're also going to take a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. Um, you you gain in that moment, especially if you get hit a lot, the, the understanding of what it feels like to get hit, you know, as a, as a person who falls multiple times on a weekly basis, you know, if you get used to falling, it doesn't hurt. 
it does sometimes, but you know, the, it, your body gets used to that motion, right? Get punched in the face. All you know what it feels like to get punched in the face. Your body's going to react better than someone who doesn't get punched in the face all the time. Right. But who do you want to be in life? Do you want to be a person that punched in the face all the time? So they're better at getting punched in the face or, uh, do you want to be a better technician, a, have a better mindset and be really focused on your technique and hopefully you don't get punched in the face, but you're able to react when you are, you know, um, <clears throat> the idea being that, you know, this modern science of sparring and being a really good technician, being able to put your foot or your hand where you want it to be, stop it, start it really hurt somebody if you kick them hard. Not necessarily, uh, you're not trying to do that on a normal basis. And then breaking boards to show power and practice that real, that application of power into something to damage it, right? Um, to feel what that feels like inside your body to internalize cr creating damage on something, but also mentally striking something hard, right? Um, you know, I, you think about a self-defense situation, I would hate to teach someone how to do something to them and them not know the level that they need to take. They are in that fight or flight mode and scared, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to break something. And that's going to be very, very important um, for your survival in that situation. Um, and so I think that there are those elements but you know i'll bring up another person just to kind of give history or uh uh lesson behind but conor mcgregor rose to fame in the ufc uh fighting in a technical way and being a really good taekwondo um uh fighter but also a great striker boxer and jiu-jitsu player but he's um allowed himself in a very technical way, in a safe way, versus hey, slugging it out in the gym every day, um, and he rate his technique against those others. Um, and so that's just a kind of a history point of like where where this technical fighting has come and what why it's good. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think one of the, one of the things that I, I want to say before we mm -hmm. leave this book is that. And, and, and maybe this doesn't need to be called out, but I feel like one of the, like for me with sparring um, and one of the things that you and I have talked about for me personally is that I need to read my opponent mm -hmm. and that each opponent is a new, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a new, is a different challenge. Each, each person is going to, so I can't apply necessarily what I just did or what I just learned from the last opponent, then this mm -hmm. new one is going to come. And, and to me that this is really what he is outlining, right? It's every situation and it's all about reading your enemy and what the appropriate response is in that particular situation. And there are so many different situations. And although fundamentally we're talking about using a sword and all these things uh he's saying that you're going to use that sword differently depending on how your enemy shows up 
Right. And he talks about that you need to think of your enemy as your own troops. Like when you think of this, mm-hmm. you can move him at will and you'll be able to chase him, you know, around. So right. when you understand that person that's across mm-hmm. from you, um, you are able to control the situation in a way that, um, you know, kind of like changes, um, you know, changes the game. But that requires what you're saying it requires practicing these things in kind of a safe place you know mm-hmm. where you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting the crap kicked out of you you know yeah. where you can kind of like you know learn that and, and yeah. get that muscle memory absolutely on days and days with this water book and or yeah the water book and talk about it but you know i, I you have to like think about these different situations and ponder them. And I think that this book really helped me when I was a Taekwondo student years ago, uh, bettering myself, you know, this, the thoughts behind this really helped me in developing my sparring style. And when I feel like I was at my peak, you know, to come back to your slashing versus cutting thing earlier, tension going to the sparring match has to be, has to be there or you're not going to be successful. Um, then the second part of it being that, you know, you're going to think that you know a technique until someone better than you comes along <laughs> and shows you that you don't know that technique, right? And I, I hands down remember sparring this guy. Uh, his name was Mr. McMichael. It was tough, man. He was several ranks above me, and he would really – he would lay it on me and challenge me in every way. Um, you know why I thought I was better than him? I thought I was better than him because I was – uh, I was older than him, but I was really fit at the time. I was training myself super hard. Um, you know, this was an experimental time for me. And, you know, I was doing kicks every day. I was running every day. I was lifting weights all the time. And, you know, when I would face him, he had the same fitness level as me, but his knowledge was deeper. And he would just destroy me every time, um, which, w- again, was fundamentally amazing for me. As a teacher, you know, uh, I learned a lot from sparring him because my teacher was really good at kicking in close. Michael was the same way. And uh, they were more flexible than me. They just had this better kicking knowledge than I did at the time. And so they, he, the teacher would coach him right in front of me. And he would coach him first. Then he would come to me and coach me on the other side of it. Hey, this is how you solve this problem. But he would always end, you know, back with Mr. McMichael, taking that fight the next level, right? And so we were building these fights out three to six, seven moves out. And hey, if he does this, then this happens. And these algorithms were getting built out. And how you counter this movement. And when you're sparring at that level, on that level at a regular realize i'm just slashing here right and this is that fear element of like fight or flight's kicking in i'm not maintaining my mental focus i'm now just bouncing to what i can possibly do to get out of the situation right and so to loop martial artists and why this stuff's important to life is like how much of your life are you are you just slashing through because you're trying to get through the day or are you actually strategically moving through your day with your children with the kids around you with the thing and can you do it with a clear mind versus doing it with a false mind of fear right well i wish you a day 
with a clear mind (laughs) (laughs) and no fear (laughs) high five you know we got the fire book next and then uh we have two books of fire and void i know wind too so fire wind and void I know the void's like a page and a half, but you might have like a whole bunch of questions for it. So <laughs> no, it gets less. <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay. Well, right. high five and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great talk day. You, soon. you too. Bye.